5: Monday, it's my guys in the desert from the South Point Sportsbook. Matt Eumanns and Vinny Mayulo, at v Sin Vinny. And uh, we have a loaded lineup, I'm going to call it Let's today. Let's do it, buddy. It's not overhyped. It's Paul Gutierrez from uh, ESPN. He's the Raiders reporter, lives here in Vegas. And uh, Paul's always a great guest. We're going to talk about the Raiders and their 20-7 to win over Seattle on uh, Saturday, and what's up next for the Raiders in the preseason? And there's been a big line move in that game already today. Also, Dave Koken, professional handicapper, smoking Coken on to talk uh, baseball in hour number two. Vinny, how was week number one uh, preseason action at Sportsbooks? Because everyone I've talked to to this point says incredibly strong handle, and uh, they hope that's an indicator for the season to come.
6: Matt, good to be with you after a very busy weekend highlighted by uh, NFL preseason one. And mm-hmm. remember, we were talking last week that even with uh, less than uh, four, you know, three weeks of exhibition football this year compared to previous years, obviously excluding last year, with four. That the we we just felt the vibe, you know, the 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 energy for football, the way folks were betting the exhibition games, even going into the weekend, even going into Thursday night's game, the way they bet uh, the Hall of Fame game was a pretty good indicator, uh, in our opinion, that we could see uh, as much handle in three exhibition weeks uh, as we saw in previous years in four, and there's no question. Uh, the other day was uh, confirming that. Just a, a tremendous amount of business.
5: Folks loved it, and uh, they bet it very strongly. Did folks love it because they were winning? Uh, how, how'd the book make out? Small loser or small winner? How'd things go? Actually, uh, man,
6: it was uh, we just. I uh, I'd say a small winner. Simply, uh, we probably got the best of it with parlays. That doesn't, you know, preseason doesn't stop mm-hmm. the, the public from betting parlays. But there were some games um, that uh, that I can tell you went to, went to the public. Uh, certainly the. Uh, uh, the, the the Patriots game on Thursday went to the public. The uh, the Broncos game against the Vikings, uh, the Jets against the Giants. I was su- we were surprised that the Jets got the backing uh, uh, from the uh, betting public there. But then again, <laughs> Giants didn't really play anybody. Right, right. Uh, uh, the uh, we the, the Raider game went to the public, and uh, as did the the Charger game. But the big game for the house uh, was. Uh, Obviously, the uh, the Jaguars game. Uh, you know, we we saw mm-hmm. that game. That, by the way, Matt, we closed that game for. That was, a an eight point move. Uh, we opened the Browns as four point favorites. Closed the Jags as four point favorites. So that was uh, that was the biggest uh, decision of the weekend, and it went our way.
5: Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's look at the NFL preseason scoreboard to this point. Favorites ten and seven straight up. Nine seven and one against the spread. Unders fourteen and three. And those numbers include the Hall of Fame game. And that's where you're making your money right now for the most part if you're betting preseason, betting on ugly, low-scoring games and 14 of 17 under the total, Benny.
6: Yeah, and uh, you know what? A lot of them were bet that way, Matt. It wasn't – and you know what? Totals – Predominantly are are more sophisticated professional betters that uh, that uh, lean towards totals, especially unders. Uh, as you know, this was uh, this was this was kind of a, a group effort here. A lot of a uh, lot of betters, public betters, also felt that uh, the uh, defenses would maybe have a little bit of an advantage. Offenses out of sync. A lot of rookies playing under center too that contributed
5: to it. Not too many starters playing at all. Jeff Stoneback at uh, BetMGM, he's over at MGM Resorts, mm-hmm. told me that um, uh, they were a loser this weekend, and that the betting public was playing unders pretty heavily. Yeah, yeah. So, and he also said it's the only time of the year when the betting public plays unders mm-hmm. is early in the preseason, and I think uh, people have caught uh, you know caught on to that trend, obviously.
6: Yeah, there's there's no yeah. question. I mean uh, with with as many rookies as we talked about and yeah. other guys uh, taking uh, uh, you know trying to trying to win a position and the fact that uh, starters were pretty much absent uh, you know uh, starting quarterbacks were pretty much absent for the uh, for these preseason games too. We had added to that.
5: Justin Fields, rookie from Ohio State, debuted for the Bears at Soldier Field. And the Bears wiped out a 13-0 deficit to come back to beat the Dolphins 20-13. Fields got off to a slow start through his first three drives, but he finished strong over his last four drives, 12 for 14, 132 yards, 31 rush yards, and two touchdowns. Mm -hmm. He started two for six, and, in fact, uh, the Bears, as an offense, opened the game with, I think, f- at least five straight three and outs. Yeah. And uh, it was like, yeah, this is a classic Matt Nagy offense. <laughs> no. But Justin Fields uh, showed some life in the second half. Yeah. No, he was. Uh, I thought he was one of the better rookies uh, this, uh, this particular weekend. And we had five first-round draft picks in action at the quarterback position. Quick break here on My Guys in the Desert. Guys in the desert on v the Sports Betting Network, Matt Humans and Vinny Maulo from the South Point Sportsbook, and let's welcome in our neighbor. He lives right down the road, Paul Gutierrez from ESPN, the Raiders reporter. Uh, Paul, how you doing today? Good, guys. How are you guys doing? Good, 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 Paul. Good. Follow him on Twitter at P. Gutierrez, ESPN, and uh, Paul, a couple things we've got to talk about, and one is a, a big line move in the Raiders' second preseason game, but let's uh reflect on uh, what happened Saturday night, the first game at Allegiant Stadium off the strip with fans. It seemed like an electric atmosphere, and the Raiders got the job done behind Nathan Peterman in a 20-7 win over a Seahawks team that was pretty much asleep at the wheel. What did you take away from uh, the Raiders' preseason opener?
7: Yeah, guys, aside from from going to a Raider preseason game and a Santana concert breaking out, I mean, <laughs> that, that was the highlight of the night. I mean, Carlos was the MVP. But, uh, you know, I don't think nobody expected Derek Carr to play. Um, And then it looked like Marcus Mariota wasn't going to play either. He was dealing with that leg issue. Uh, They kept him out of practice all week. But I don't know if anybody saw Nathan Peterman, you know, maybe saw him playing most of the game, uh, but not playing except for one snap was kind of shocking. But then having him throw the ball 39 times, that to me was interesting because you could take that one of two ways. It's either they're really putting Marcus Mariota in, in bubble wrap in case a team does want to come by and, and, and uh, trade for him, or they were showcasing Nathan Peterman in case the team wanted to come by and grab mm-hmm. him too. Mm-hmm. Those were my big takeaways from there as far as the quarterback position. Uh, rushing, uh, running the ball, Trey Raggis and B.J. Emmons, I mean, there's a new battle there for the number three running back on the 53-man roster, and, and Zay Jones looked like a great star against second- and third-teamers out there as a receiver. So um, it, a lot of positive things for the Raiders to come out of that game. Again, it's the preseason. It's a new preseason with only three preseason games. Um, and, and it's a way for them to, if nothing else, just to figure out who the five guys are they need to get rid of or cut by, by tomorrow afternoon anyway. So it, overall, it was a good experience for the Raiders. Better for their fans to be in that stadium for the first time and, and to have all that uh, hoopla around it too.
6: Yeah, well, we we learned that uh, certainly John Gruden has an affinity for Nathan Peterman when we, uh, we watched mm-hmm. him a couple of years ago. Uh, on hard knocks, uh, Paul. Uh, speaking of, let's let's follow up a little bit on uh, the fact that uh, we were talking about Marcus Mariota. What, is there an update as to uh, what his injury is and the, the severity of it?
7: Well, the the update is that he's dealing with a leg issue. Uh, John Gruden said that when they had the ex, the, uh, the scrimmage rather at the stadium a, a week ago, he, he, tweaked, his, he tweaked himself in, and, and they kind of put him in bubble wrap as well, the way they're doing with with Aaron Waller, who's got an ankle injury. They're just gonna, you know. Take their time with these guys. It's the preseason. They know what they have in them, so to speak. Um, but the fact that Mariota was dressed and warming up along with the other three quarterbacks, so all four quarterbacks were, were dressed and warming up before the game on, on Saturday, that that speaks well. That pretends well. And, and I would expect to see uh, Mariota get some reps, if not in the game against the Rams, then definitely in, in the joint scrimmage because, um, you know, they're not going to be going live hitting the quarterbacks in that, where they will be doing that in the game. So it's a good opportunity for them to get out there and, and see, you know, opposing helmets on defense and, and trying to pick passes in and taking off and running and things like that. So uh, I would expect uh, Mariota to be out there, especially in those joint practices. Maybe not in the game, though.
5: Paul Gutierrez with us, ESPN Raiders reporter. All right, Raiders open with a 20 to seven win over the Seahawks. John Gurdon now seven and two, straight up over the last three preseasons, and uh, Nathan Peterman in that opener. Basically, uh, I think he took every snap but one. Mm -hmm. Uh, 29 for 38, 246 yards. And uh, we wonder going into uh, week two of the preseason here, Paul, how do you think John Gruden, most coaches, will treat this? Is is this going to be the dress rehearsal game, or is that not going to exist? for some teams. I'm not sure Sean McVay of the Rams even cares about that. Are we going to see Derek Carr a little bit? Like you, you talked a little bit about Marcus Mariota. I would think he's going to play a little bit in this game. It seems like John Gruden might want a dress rehearsal game, but Sean McVay might not. Is that accurate?
7: Uh, that wouldn't shock me. Um, I think that John Gruden goes into this week. Uh, actually, I, won't, I shouldn't say I think I just should say, I know that he's going to go into and he's looking at the joint practices as more of a dress rehearsal than anything okay. because it's a controlled environment in a game. Um, you know, you, somebody could get seriously hurt. You know, uh, in the scrimmage, you can have some injuries and things happen there. We saw what happened with Gabe Jackson a couple of years ago when they practiced with the Rams up in Napa. But it, it, it's it's going to be interesting. I, you know, I think with that with that game gone now in the preseason, only three preseason games, it's the the whole dress rehearsal thing, which used to be a week three of the preseason, maybe a thing of the past, uh-huh. especially with more and more teams doing uh, the joint practices.
5: Vinny, uh, we've had a line move in the Raiders. Rams preseason game this week. At uh, one spot, I think uh, it's a couple of spots, including DraftKings, this opened Raiders minus one. Oh. You're not going to find that number anymore. One? Tell yeah. me, if you, <laughs> you you will not find that number. You won't find anything <laughs> close to that number, Matt. We
6: open a game, uh, though we open a game high. We'll hire certainly uh, that where it's trended. We use five and a half. It's up to seven. This game is at wow. seven right now. So uh, interesting that uh, yeah. That's why you, you know. And when it comes to these uh, these exhibition games, it's not uh, not about a race. Uh, to get to uh, the first uh, first up,
5: uh, yeah. Look at the uh, line moves here for preseason week two. Raiders open minus one. Current number Raiders minus seven. Uh, Bills of Bears open Bills minus one now Bears minus four and a half. Broncos of Seahawks open Broncos one now Broncos minus six, wow. and Jets of Packers open Packers minus three and a half. Now it's Jets minus one and a half. So. Early here on Monday, we've seen some uh, dramatic line moves on NFL preseason. Don't blink, uh, week two. <laughs> no kidding. Hey, Paul. Before we talk more about uh, the Raiders and the Rams, uh, we're going. We're taking this show on the road Friday to Scottsdale, Arizona, where uh, DraftKings is going to open a sportsbook at TPC Scottsdale. We're hoping to get your uh, your buddy Lincoln Kennedy on the show uh, Friday. You and, you and Lincoln are working. You've worked on a book together, and that book's coming out soon, right? Yeah, it
7: is within a month now, September fourteenth. It's called uh, "If These Walls Could Talk: Tales from the uh, Raiders Sideline, Locker Room, and the Press Box." And, and it was a, it was a great opportunity to to sit with Lincoln. And you know, I I never had an opportunity to cover him because I came on the beat in two thousand five, which was two years after his last season. Um, but a lot of it is his behind the scenes takes of what happened uh, at the Super Bowl against Coot what happened in the Tuck Rule game. Uh, what happened in, in other games that, that fans may not remember, uh, when he went up in the stands and punched out a fan who hit him in the face of the snowball in Denver, you know, things like that, and then also get his take on other things, and, and what was cool about it was, you know, it's written in his voice, but I also got to put my voice in there with my experience in covering the Raiders as well, so it's it was a very rewarding, uh, looking forward to it coming out, and, and uh, yeah, thanks guys for, for, for mentioning it, and make sure you guys get a copy of it, but it, it comes out officially September 14th, and Triumph, uh, Triumph Books uh, Publishing is uh, the publisher, so. It can be found online already, and people can uh, pre-order it.
5: Alright, looking yeah. forward to it. Lincoln Kennedy's been a great guest Terrific. on this show with us a few times. Great and, uh, I, I really great. like listening to he and Brent Musburger calling the Raiders games on the radio.
6: Oh, I love it. Uh, great perspectives, legendary uh, calls, and uh, you get the yeah, you get the football players uh, perspective from Lincoln. Uh, let me ask you this, Paul. Uh, obviously, the, the quarterbacks all over uh, the league got, uh, uh, got all the attention, or a significant amount of the attention this week, but uh, some of the other players that, uh, so your takeaway and uh, some of John Gruden and the coaching staff's observations, particularly on some of the rookies, Alex Leatherwood uh, from, uh, from Alabama, offensive tackle, and some of the others. Uh, your takeaways on their performance and uh, some of the uh, takeaways that the, the coaches took as well.
7: Yeah, when it comes to Leatherwood, it, it, it's a real fine line there because you, you want him to get out there. You want him to get the, the reps. He needs the, 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 you know, the live action against an opposing defense. But at the same point, he's going up against second and third stringers, and even guys that aren't really going to make a 53-man roster. Plus, he's not playing next to the guy who's, who he's going to be starting next to in the NFL when, when the regular season starts, too. So you want to get him to face some, some live action, but you got to protect him and keep his confidence up as well. And, and as John said after the game, he liked what he saw. And, and it was quick, and then they had to look at the tape, obviously. But, but he, he acquitted himself fairly well out there for a guy who, again, was was one of the bigger shocks on, on uh, draft night because he wasn't rated very highly uh, or as highly as other uh, tackles that were out there. So the Raiders loved him. They got their guy and they'll go forward from there. So, uh, you know, that is, is, was the big takeaway from Leatherwood across the board though. I mean, this team is really young. Um, a lot of guys, Damon Arnett started a cornerback and, and uh, whiffed on one tackle after talking about how much bigger he was and stronger he was, and he just couldn't pull the guy down. But, but, you know, he, he looked impressive out there as well. And, and going up and down the roster, you know, to me, the most impressive thing was the two, uh, the two young running backs, uh, and Emmons, who, who really bullied their way in there. They, you know, they averaged almost five yards a carry both of them. Emmons actually did. And and they each had a touchdown. So, um, there's some things there to look at and and the preseason is not supposed to be a spectacle about where the stadium is and things like that, but that's what it was and that's how it should have been first time fans in the building. Um, but yeah, the, the coaches liked what they saw and, um, you know, I think you're going to see more of, and, and fans won't be able to see it, unfortunately for them, but there's going to be more of a competitive nature, ones going against ones, when the Rams and, and Raiders are, are practicing together this week. And, and that's going to be the fun part is going off and watching when the line goes, you know, who's going to protect, who's going to have to defend against Aaron Donald, uh, you know, who's going to be able to try to pick off uh, Derek Carr from, from Jalen Ramsey, you know, things like that. So you probably won't see those guys playing in, in the game. But in those joint practices, I cannot stress enough, that's where the, the, the work is actually going to get done.
5: Yeah, and don't forget the Rams are depleted at the quarterback position because yep. uh, not only is Matthew Stafford not going to play in the preseason, uh, he will play in these practices, uh, I believe, but he is not going to play in the preseason games. And then uh, John Wolford went down last week. He's lost for the preseason with an appendectomy. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Rams were left with Bryce Perkins and uh, Duck Hodges in the game against the Chargers on Saturday night. And the Chargers won that game 13-6 to six. the most. Uh, I, I think the highlight to come out of that game was probably a fight in the stands. Did you see that, Paul?
7: <laughs> saw that, and it was right after I watched the Malice in the Palace documentary, and it all starts with somebody throwing a drink in somebody's face. Yeah. It just kind of goes from there. And you talk about the Rams and the quarterbacks. I mean, you know, as a kid, my all-time favorite quarterback was Vince Ferragamo, so I'm thinking about bringing my Ferragamo jersey down there and seeing if he can get in there and take some snaps
5: for the Rams. Nice. Oh, that's, that'd, that'd be cool. Actually, yeah. Richie Bacheleri here has a story about uh, Vince Ferragamo. He's got a good story about Vince Ferragamo. <laughs> um, I don't think we can tell that on the air. We're not going to that. Okay. We'll wait for Richie to tell that. <laughs> uh, Paul, you're focused on the Raiders. How much do you observe other teams around the league and what happens in the preseason, uh, in the 16 preseason, other 15 preseason games in week one? Do you get a chance to sit back and analyze what's going on with uh, some other teams or the, the rookie quarterbacks? In, uh, the first week of games
7: not really because you're so locked in on the team that you're covering I mean yeah. you do pay attention to the rest of the division you know and you see what mm-hmm. the Chargers have done you see what the Chiefs and the Broncos have done and then that's kind of the way I, I approach it and then you, you kind of widen your view you know if you're more of a national rider then of course you, you have the 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 bigger view of things but the, the the macro but in this it's more of a micro looking at the Raiders and seeing how it might affect them going down the road mm-hmm. and if their opponents and things like that but uh, yeah no it's a it's, uh, it's, it's a fairly uh, specific job, so to speak.
5: What yeah. about the, the last thing to be about the uh, quarterbacks for the Raiders? Uh, how much does Derek Carr want to play in the preseason? I'm sure Marcus Mariota wants to play. And do you think there's any chance the Raiders are going to listen to offers if a team wants to trade for Mariota? Because like Vinny said last week, the Raiders have a great situation mm-hmm. right now. They basically have two starting quarterbacks. And obviously, uh, they both want to play. Carr is going to be the starter. Uh, what, what do you think the situation is going to be with Marcus Mariota going forward?
7: Well, I think it's a good problem for the Raiders yeah. to have, right? Because right. not only not only is Mariota an established starter as well, who wants to start? He said that a couple of weeks ago, anyway. That that's his goal. He is keeping an eye on openings around the league, and but he is enjoying his time with the Raiders. Derek Carr is the franchise. You know, he's the face of the franchise. We know that, but we also know his contract situation. He wants that extension, and and all the guaranteed money is paid out. And that's the other thing that was so shocking, not even shocking, but just kind of like enlightening, I guess, was was Peterman playing so much and throwing the ball so much and, and looking sharp and composed. He didn't look like the guy that was getting picked off, Delore, mm-hmm. when he was at Buffalo. Um, and I'm not saying that Peterman's a starter either, but it was kind of a showcase for him, and it also may have given the Raiders uh, comfort to know that, you know what, if somebody wants to come grab Mariota, we're comfortable with Peterman as the primary backup, too. So a lot of different ways
5: to look at that situation. That's exactly what I was thinking as I watched that game Saturday night. And I think
6: uh-huh. this week after week one, mm-hmm. which, by the way, uh, speaking of, uh, to Paul's point about the uh, the division, they went 4-0 and straight up and against the number. Uh, this uh, in week uh, one of the exhibition, but I think now we may see some more activity based on you know teams' interest and what teams are not only interested in acquiring, but in assets teams are willing to uh, part
5: with. Yeah, it's hard to say. I think it's going to take an injury at this point for some Maybe. team to want to trade, but who knows? Paul Gutierrez, ESPN Raiders reporter. Uh, Paul, appreciate the time today, man. Thanks.
7: Sounds good. Stop by the RV park whenever you can.
5: <laughs> I will. Okay. It's right down the road. At P. Gutierrez, ESPN, and he's got a book coming out with uh, Lincoln Kennedy. And uh, always love to have Lincoln on the show. A lot of times when the Raiders are on, I turn down the volume on the TV and I listen to Brent and Lincoln call the too. game on uh, the radio. So we talked about the five rookie quarterbacks, the first-round draft picks. Mm-hmm. Actually, Sam Ellinger, also a rookie in action for the Colts, mm-hmm. he's a sixth-round draft pick. But of the five quarterbacks Vinny drafted in the first round—Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones—who uh, pl- who played the best in your estimation? Who looked the worst? If anybody uh, you thought did look bad at all, because it's you know a lot of times you're not going up against number one defenses—they're right. not blitzing—you don't have much of a rush in your face. It's easy to look good in the preseason.
6: Yeah, Matt, you're right. Um, I-, I thought Justin Fields. For me, I thought Justin Fields probably looked the best. Now, listen, there's a lot that you you, brought, you pointed out. Mm-hmm. You know, going up against first team, second, and third uh, in comparison. What was the offensive line that they were they were paired with? Uh, which which running backs and receivers and things like that? But you know, Trey Lance, he got sacked four times, but I don't, that wasn't the starting. You know, I don't think that was the starting O line uh, for for the better part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, they all. I, I try to pay attention to how they their read progression most of them were, were best on the run, it seemed. I mean, uh, they, when they got out of the pocket and they were scrambling and, right. and tried to throw on the run. So, But for me, I'm going to say uh, Justin Fields, I would say, uh, did the best.
5: Yeah, Bears trailed the Dolphins 13-0, came back to defeat the Dolphins 20-13, and Fields re- led a couple of TD drives in the second half, 12-14. Uh, for 132 yards with 31 yards rushing on his final four drives after he really sputtered in the first three drives. Yeah. Justin Fields in his debut for the Bears. Uh, Kevin Kistner hit a 55-1 to in the golf tournament yesterday. One of us bet him. Guess who it is? We'll be back. You are looking live at the OddsTrader.com studio at South Point Casino. Go to OddsTrader.com. Download the free OddsTrader app right now. Start winning with up to the second info you need. Real-time bet tracking, live in-game odds and stats. And a lot more at OddsTrader.com. At Human Vinny here in the uh, South Point studio. And uh, Vinny, I'm uh, disheartened by this. Brady Cannon just sent me a text. And he forwarded a tweet that Wes Reynolds just sent out. And Wes is tweeting about days of our lives. What? That's not our Wes Reynolds. That's got to be a different Wes Reynolds. It might not be our West Reynolds
6: for long if he keeps tweeting about that. What the? That's got to be something. There's got to be something <laughs> no, cryptic about that. And
5: he that. actually tweeted a highlight video from today's episode with it. What? At Wes Reynolds 1. If, if You might want to check that out. I don't know. Well, I'd, I'd make, that, I'd
6: make a, that price higher than Kevin Kissinger. <laughs> ben Wilson, can we one.
5: send somebody over to do a wellness check on Wes? Okay. Uh, anyway... <laughs> I know he's depressed because he had the loser in the playoff yesterday. And he also had Russell Henley, who's the leader after three rounds. Mm. Russell Henley did not even make the six-man playoff yesterday at the Wyndham Championship. I had two of the six guys in the playoff. I thought, yeah, I'll probably get screwed again and probably should have lost. But Adam Scott can't make a three-foot putt. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kevin Kistner pulls it out. He came from... Uh, four-strokes back, I believe, four-strokes back going into the uh, fourth and final round on Sunday. And Kistner wins the playoff in the second hole, Vinny. He stuck his uh, drive on the par three about mm-hmm. four feet away, and he's money with the putter. And uh, that's the first time I've ever cast, I'll probably bet Kevin Kistner, ten times. Uh, that's the first time I've ever cashed on him, and uh, I'll take it, man, at 55 to 1 odds. I was going to say,
6: you uh, you probably got out of all the times you bet on him at 55 oh, to 1. I'm ahead, yeah, yeah. I'm way ahead of again. Well, now, you know so. what's amazing to me, Matt? First of all, first time six golfers finished uh, in a, uh, to go into a play, was it 2001? Mm-hmm. Is that we, yeah. but, but here's the thing. They go to the first playoff. Nobody gets eliminated on the first playoff. Right. All. They all get through. All six advance. How about that? With a par. And, and Kisser, yeah. We had him at 50 to 1. You had him at 55. Again, uh, pays to shop. Uh, we uh, we had uh, Russell Henley. He was 35 to 1. And uh, either way, you would have probably been in good shape with uh, with Scott as well. We had Scott at 50. Well, I had as well, Kim. Right? So, I didn't have Adam Kim. Oh, okay. I had, had Seawu Kim? Okay. Kim at, uh, it was around 40 to
5: 40, 1. 40.
6: Yeah. Mm hmm. That what were his right, odds 45. here at the point?
5: Siwoo Kim, 40. Yep, 40. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I bet him here. Uh, Siwoo huh. Kim, Louis Ustisen, who I also bet Who he was a refund because yes. he withdrew from the tournament yes, he the did. day before. With Patrick Reed, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. thanks for bringing that up. I just forgot. that was uh, obligatory for you. The six guys who made the playoff, Kevin Kistner, Kevin Na, Brandon Gray, Siwoo Kim, Adam Scott, and Roger Sloan. Adam Scott has had a bad season. And he had a chance to uh, make up for a lot of that yesterday with a, mm-hmm. what looks like a pretty simple putt, and he, he blows a three-footer. Uh, but Kevin Kistner comes through and sticks that drive on the second playoff hole. And then uh, I think it was Brandon Grace. I missed about a, what, a 12-foot putt, just slid about one inch uh, yeah. uh, by the hole. And uh, that was the uh, last tournament, Vinny, of the 2021 golf season. Now, the FedEx Cup playoffs start this week. The Northern Trust is the first event. 125 players advance this week. And uh, the top 70 make the BMW Championship the following week. And then the last week is the top 30 get a spot in the season-ending tour championship. Mm-hmm. So this week, all the big names are going to be lined up. And uh, 125 players at the Northern Trust this weekend. So the final three weeks... And the FedEx Cup playoffs wind down from 125 players to 30. And I'm looking forward to this week's tournament because, uh, like you said, it's. It, I'm not going to say it has the feel of a major, but this is a big time event because all the big names are going to be on the board.
6: Are, the, the big names are going to be on the board. Competitions there. you want to you, know, you the win to advance, right? You got mm-hmm. you got to have a good tournament to advance. You want to be playing in the following weeks. So I love the incentive, man. I love yeah. the way other sports have taken with uh, gone with playoffs. You know, NASCAR's done a, a similar uh, thing as well with uh, with their playoffs format. So anytime you get playoffs, which also adds to the betting handle from our perspective on our side of the counter. Anytime you can get. Uh, playoffs involved. That always uh, gives uh, folks the opportunity to take an interest in it and bet more.
5: Did you happen to talk to uh, Chris Andrews? I think he's no, been out of town. Chris is out of town. Uh, I wonder how many tickets you so. took here
6: at uh, on on Kevin
5: Kessner at the South. Park. There weren't too many. I Probably just that. a handful. There were
6: more right? on uh, Webb Simpson, who was the favorite in uh, Matsuyama. The favorites, true. So.
5: But I'll, I'll get. You know what? I'll By the way, Webb one. Simpson was right in the hunt. He was yeah. around ten to 1, 12 to one. He had. He's a definite horse for the course. Right. He was one uh, back, I think. One back. Yeah. And missed the playoff. And uh, I know it was heartbreaking for uh, Wes Reynolds to uh, lose with Russell Henley. Let's check on that. And now he's watching soap operas this afternoon and tweeting (laughs) about it. So, (laughs) a little bit worried about Wes. Quick break. We come back. Uh, We're going to talk baseball. Fernando Tatis is back. Vinny, you gotta check out this book report I wrote in grade school on Roberto Clemente. Did you uh, did you have a, po- a part in there? With,
6: uh, did you mention me seeing him at Shea Stadium throwing people out? No, I didn't uh,
5: know that. I didn't know on. you at the time when I wrote it. It was uh, it was well written, almost as well written as the uh, VSN Pro Football Betting Guide. Uh, now that the NFL preseason has kicked off, it's a perfect time for you to huddle up with the VSN Pro Football Betting Guide. Every team, we have advanced stats and power ratings, best bets on win totals, division finishes, and a lot more. The guide is only 20 bucks. Discounts available when you buy both the NFL and College Guide. Reserve your copy or sign up for vSEN. All access. Get everything we offer for the entire football season. com slash subscribe. Never forget it. Oh, that, the greatest right fielder I ever saw. Roberto Clemente. No question. Finished with exactly 3,000 3, career hits. 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 Yep. Died
6: in a plane uh, crash. Yeah. Plane crash. Uh, with uh, headed to, to uh, Central America for relief. Uh, was it I remember, Was it an earthquake or a, a hurricane? Awful. Great
5: player. That had to be around 1970?
6: 70 or 72. Early 70s. 72,
5: I think. Double-check that, anyway. Not that it's uh, important right now, but Fernando Tatis is back for the Padres, and that's very important to them because uh, they have slipped right now. Yeah. Uh, Ten games back of the Giants in the National League West. But Tatis announces his return yesterday against the D-backs with two home runs, uh, Vinny. And uh, the Padres are going to have to sweat this out in the wild card race. Mm -hmm. Right now, the Giants lead the NL West by four games over the Dodgers. The Padres 10 back. But they have to feel good about Tatis being back uh, yesterday after they got no hit the previous day. By the way, Tyler Gilbert, the fourth pitcher in MLB history, uh, to throw a no-hitter in his first career start. And uh, the next day, Tatis comes back to the Padres and rips a couple of home runs, and they get their revenge. But uh, talk about an eventful series this weekend, Padres-D-backs.
6: Matt, I, uh, uh, I watched the highlights of this game and our friends over at ESPN, and they had a, a, a terrific stat. Tatis has homered. What's, is this the third or fourth time he's come off the uh, yeah. the IL? He's homered. At, but yesterday, of course, was two. He's homered every uh, first game back. Yeah. They need them if they're going to hold on to the uh, to a playoffs, But I, they've got quite a few games left with the Giants in particular, Matt, in division play. I think they have one more series with the uh, with the Dodgers. I mean, obviously, they're in control of their destiny. Uh, but you know, look, there's teams uh, that that are chasing them. I don't. Th- there won't be a wild card team coming out of the NL East. Um, but uh, you know, the.
5: Uh, you don't think, you think so. Know.
6: I I don't see it, man. I don't see no. I, I see one team. I see the winner of that division at this point. I think you're going to get a while. The Reds are right there. I mean, in the, in the Central. Uh, so you got to you got to keep an eye on on the Reds before you keep an eye on anybody else in in or you know either whether it's the Braves, Mets, or Phillies in the East.
5: I mean the odds would support what what you're saying right now. I think the Braves, the Phillies would have to play red hot baseball down the stretch yeah. for the team that doesn't win a division to get the wild card. And don't forget about the Mets, even though they got bombed by the Dodgers last night, fourteen Sweat. to four. Now you and I had talked about this uh, a few weeks ago, yeah, maybe a month ago. I said if uh, if Jacob Degrom goes down for an extended amount of time, watch this Mets pitching staff fall like a house of cards. Yep, and uh, the Mets right now. Have lost seven of the past ten, three in a row. One game over 500, two and a half back of the Braves. With the Phillies, one game back in the NL East.
6: Matt, it's a matter of who you trust the most, and I think it's uh, it, you know it, you probably have to look at the at the Braves. They've uh, with, I think they're ten and two in their last twelve. Just the way they can hit. Um, their pitching's been been better overall. Uh, the, the Mets' pitching is third between those three at this point. Uh Phillies, I would put it second. But remember, Matt, when we were talking about it a few weeks ago,
5: the Braves were, I think, were 8-1. We saw 8-1 out there for <laughs> yeah. the division. Uh, you know, not that long ago, the Mets were minus 300 yeah. favorites to win that division. Mitch yeah. Moss and I were talking about it on Follow the Money one day, saying this is a ridiculous line. Most with, fragile. With three months of baseball Later. left to play. Yeah.
6: yeah. I mean, and I think the, the Braves do finish the season at home for, I think it's six games. Uh, they finish at home in Atlanta versus the Phillies and the Mets. So I mean, you're talking, you know, a big advantage to them. Uh, I just think that uh, you know that they're uh, they're the team to beat at this point. Phillies defense is, is suspect. Noah Cunha, I get it, but uh, the Braves made some moves at the trade deadline. They've played well and they
5: they hit and they, they can. You know, that's, uh, you just brought up something. That I wanted to talk about because I bet the Braves uh, I think sometime around late June early July at about 2-1 to one odds to win the division and that was before Ronald Acuna yeah. went down and when he went down it's man I, I, that's a lost bet I can't mm-hmm. win it now. I don't think the Braves can win this division without mm-hmm. Acuna uh, you, you might argue he's one of the five best players in baseball certainly one Fantastic. of the ten best players he yeah. goes down uh, the Braves have managed to fill in the gaps and believe it or not it doesn't look like they miss him a lot right now and they are sixty-two and fifty-six. Like you said, uh, they've won what ten of the last twelve. 10 of ten of uh, ten of the last twelve, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, that surprises me because when Acuna went down, I thought my bet was shot. But hey, you still have life.
6: Yeah, Matt. Well, we talked about it. The right, the Yankees were left for dead, and you know, we you know, the, with a hundred sixty-two game season, it's a matter of streaks, and uh, you know, and, and resources. Uh, the, the, the Braves have rallied with their resources they made some good good trades they, a lot of their trades at the deadline kind of went under the radar they, they didn't get the the headlines particularly that the Yankees and the Dodgers did uh, but they certainly helped themselves and they're playing baseball you know it's they're just they're I, I think they're they're the better team I'm not saying they're going to win a division but uh, when you look at the way they play the game uh, I think that uh, they're the better of the three
5: don't Ignore the St. Louis Cardinals, by the way. They've no. won six in a row, yeah. and uh, they are five games over 500. So, mm-hmm. a lot can happen with this uh, wild card situation in baseball. Vinny, sure. Let's wrap up this discussion with the AL East, and uh, you know we've talked about this all summer. And I think the sharper bettors would say the whole the whole time I would take the Rays. I would bet the Rays. I remember Matt Vasgersian saying it one day. Mm-hmm. I'll follow the money when the Red Sox were still in first place. Uh, the Rays have lost two in a row, and the Red Sox have won three in a row. But the Rays still lead the division by three games. And at BetMGM, they are minus two thirty to win the AL East. The Red Sox at seven to two. The Yankees are plus seven fifty. Yankees only five and a half back. Vinny, mm-hmm. uh, they made some big moves at the deadline. They're getting the pitching's getting healthy again. The bullpen is still uh, uh, a minefield, but yep. uh, the Yankees. Suddenly, thirteen games over five hundred, and right in the middle of this thing,
6: and they've uh, they've come on in the last two and a half weeks. Matt, today's a makeup game against the uh, the Angels, mm-hmm. so, and then they played the uh, the Red Sox. So remember, they couldn't beat the Red Sox early. They've started to write things. So they, the key for the Yankees is going to be head to head against Tampa Bay and Boston. And but uh, well, I'll tell you what, All this uh, Toronto team is going to make it interesting too in that division and for the wild card.
5: Toronto's seven and a half games back, two games behind the Yankees in that uh, division. By the way, the Baltimore Orioles have lost 11 in a row and been completely bombed uh, during that stretch. If you're looking for a team to bet against, uh, how about Baltimore? Bingo. Yep, them and the Cubs. Uh, the Cubs waved the white flag at the trade deadline, and uh, the Cubs have actually dropped uh, 11, 11 straight, straight as, as well. As well. Right? Yeah, And uh, the Cubs and the Orioles right now lost causes in baseball. Is Mike Trout lost for the season? We'll try to answer that when we come back. From the OddsTrader.com studio at South Point Casino, go to OddsTrader.com, download the free OddsTrader app right now, start winning with up to the second info you need. Uh, Vinny, I started to wonder, 1st of August, uh, is Mike Trout going to come back at all this season? Uh, When he went down initially, May 17th, Mm -hmm. okay, uh, the the diagnosis or the prognosis was he would be back in 6 to 8 weeks. He had a calf injury. And there was talk, you know, around the all-star break, we'll, we'll probably see Mike Trout. We're into August now, and uh, we're in the second half of August, and there's no Mike Trout. And you got to wonder if we're going to see him again. Uh, apparently on July 22nd, he tried to test the calf, and he experienced discomfort, and he's been out since. The last I heard, he was on a fishing trip in Minnesota. Uh, is Trout done for the season? What would you make the line right now? I think uh, I'd probably make it yes, minus 150. If he's not back by this point, the Angels are 59 and 60. At some point, they might just say, what's the point of bringing him back? Let's shut him down. Mm -hmm. I guess the counterpoint would be Trout's a competitor. And when he feels healthy, he's going to want to be back out there on the field. So I would say it's close to a pick him that Trout uh, returns this season. What do you think?
6: I wouldn't disagree with you, Matt. Um, I mean, he certainly is a competitor. He is the, the franchise, right? Although. Shohei Ohtani is certainly uh, making a case for that as well, but to your point, where they are in the standings is certainly going to impact it. But to me, when you start looking at this, and it's a it's a calf injury, I get it, and of course nobody knows, uh, but the, but the team. But you have to start wondering if there's a you know is it is is there an Achilles involved in it as well? it's, it's obviously a calf injury that's that's more serious than just a knot or a Charlie I mean he's got a, he's got a problem and he had a he setback.
5: More than a Charlie
6: horse? Well, I think so, Matt. I'm gonna I'm gonna that that, that one I won't make a pick him. <laughs> but I'm, I'm I mean in all seriousness, you got a situation here where if it's this chronic, mm-hmm. and you know we we thought he'd be back right after the All Star game. In fact, he right. was listed as that's probable how many right. times right? We saw it, but. uh leaning more towards uh, not returning. Uh, same with Jacob DeGrom. I mean, both of these guys, two all-stars, and the face of their respective franchises, uh, probably won't, we, a good chance we won't see them. Yeah. So, so, unfortunately. So we're
5: three months now with no Mike Trout. Now, what, that's what makes Shohei Ohtani's accomplishments that much more impressive, yeah. Vinny, because he does not have protection in the lineup. He's going to get walked a lot. Uh, Ohtani right now, 39 homers, 86 RBIs. He's got 17 steals, Uh, An OPS of 1017. His war is 4.1. The guy's batting 271. I'm going to say this, and I know some people would disagree. If he went down to an injury tomorrow and didn't play a game the rest of the season, I think he should still be MVP. Not only for what he's done at the plate, uh, but also as a pitcher. And uh, nobody else even comes close to accomplishing Mm -hmm. what Otani has done uh, both ways. This season, he's seven and one as a pitcher. Okay, if his record was two and five, it would be who would care? He's seven and one. He's got 11 strikeouts per nine, a WHIP of 1.09, an ERA under three. He's the MVP. I don't care if he plays another game this season. Last week, we had people trying to make a case for Bryce Harper. We had bets coming in on Bryce Harper for NL MVP. Harper's got 40 fewer RBIs than Shohei Ohtani. He hasn't
6: pitched a game. Maybe maybe for the month, player of the month,
5: (laughs) player of the week. There's the MVP odds. That's the current number. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I'll I'll bet Shohei right now at minus 120. How would you like to have a 30-to-1 ticket on him from the beginning of the season? You got one you can give me? Uh, No. Okay. No. It's a Vlad Guerrero Jr. at plus 110. Guerrero might pass Shohei and finish with more home runs. But that doesn't mean he should be MVP. I,
6: yeah. You I think gotta, he's, he's the gr- greatest threat. But to uh, your point, yeah.
5: two-way p- player, no way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think. Uh, it shouldn't be a debate. Uh, the fact that it is, you, know, you say, well, the Angels are 59 and 60. I don't care. Mike Trout's been out for three months. The fact that they're even around 500 I think is amazing. You're saying something. Uh, I thought they were going to go in the tank. If you would have told me Trout was out three months, I wouldn't say they'd be a 500 baseball team at this point. Now, the Yankees have been without Garrett Cole here for almost a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. uh, but they haven't really missed him because he hasn't pitched that well. And uh, for anybody who thinks Garrett Cole is uh, a serious Cy Young candidate in the American League, I don't know what you've mm-hmm. been watching, uh, but Garrett Cole is a big favorite tonight against the Angels and Jose Suarez. And this is a makeup game, Vinny. Uh, yep. And the price is big if you want to back the Yankees and Cole. What do you have for uh, the money line and the run line and the total tonight? Angels, Yankees, and uh, the Bronx.
6: Yankees up to 280, Matt. We have 230. And when we came on the air, 270 was not high enough. So 280 right now uh, for the uh, Yankees. Uh, the total on the game from nine to eight and a half. And uh, the run line, Yankees. Minus minus one and a half, mm-hmm. and a up to a dollar forty-five. There you go, buddy. That's that's all about the Yankees today. Straight bets, parlays. I don't think it's a real surprise. Well, oh, you talked
5: about it right before uh, the break. The Yankees have been a hot team since yeah. the All Star break.
6: Mm-hmm. I mean, they've gotten in the last two and a half weeks. And Matt, when when they were left for dead, we talked about it. There's a team that has resources. There's A team that com- that's committed. If there's a team that's going to say we're 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 you know we're buyers first ninety mm-hmm. percent of the time, uh, it was going to be the Yankees and they did it and they've uh, they've gotten uh, they've, now to your point uh, they've got to get this this bullpen situation squared away but they're they're hitting the ball now and they're getting healthier so
5: yeah if you uh, look at that Yankees lineup when Gary Sanchez is going to be back in and when that's a full strength there is no soft spot in that lineup no. it looks like an all star team yeah. so you, you have Joe Gallo and Anthony Rizzo. And uh, the Yankees uh, are about as good as it gets offensively in baseball when they're at full strength. Now they've got some left-handed power in that lineup. Yeah. they got to get the pitching straightened out. Uh, Luis Severino's return would be nice to see. Mm-hmm. Garrett Cole has got to get things straightened out. He comes off the COVID-injured list to make that start uh, tonight. So uh, the Yankees have been a little bit disappointing. Obviously, the, their play lately has been encouraging. I think the most uh, surprising team in baseball, well, I it's obvious, okay? Not, I think it's it's obvious. You you can't have any other opinion. Uh, the San Francisco Giants no are the overachievers in baseball. Vinny, the Giants just passed their season win total, okay? That was set at most books. Kevin Gossman goes tonight as a uh, a big favorite, not quite as big a favorite as Derek Cole, but Rich Hill makes the start for the Mets, and the Giants go into tonight's game with a record of seventy six and forty two. And at most sports books, their win total was around seventy-five, seventy-five and a half
6: when yep. the season opened. Yeah, Matt, you're right. Uh, you're right there. And uh, this is a game here that, as we speak, continues to go up. A dollar seventy on the opener uh, just went up another ten. We're up to two twenty on the uh, on the Giants tonight, Matt. And uh, total on this game from eight to eight and a half. And I think that's uh, uh, <laughs> looking at this Met pitching staff. They gave fourteen runs yesterday. They wanted to finishing the game with not one but two field players. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the on the mound, and now now the uh, uh, Giants up to one and a half and minus a dime. So the run line is pick 'em, and as I mentioned, the uh, total being bet up from eight to eight and a half.
5: So the Mets got bombed last night by the Dodgers, fourteen to four at City Field. They fly cross country to open this series against the uh, the Giants, and uh, you would think it's going to be a negative situation for the Mets tonight, and things kind of playing into the Giants' hands. Kevin Gossman has not been great recently. He has not gone deeper than six innings in any of his uh, past five starts. And uh, I'm going to say, let's see, his last four starts, over 20 innings, he's allowed uh, 11 earned runs. So he's not pitching at his peak uh, right now, which you're going to expect that. He's probably getting a little bit tired, and he's having one of the best years he's ever had, if not the best year he's ever had. Uh, but the Giants have won his past two starts. But Vinny, those were against the D-backs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, well, I hate to say that the Mets I are know, not much better. The, the be- Mets are not much <laughs> not better. Much Even though the Mets are in third place in their division, right now they don't look much better. Than I
6: mean, Matt, the they gave up okay. 22 runs to the Dodgers in, in the sweep league. this weekend. Yeah. So uh, you know what? Look, uh, the Giants are the uh, uh, better than $2 favorite up to 2 20 now for a reason. I mean, this Mets team, it's... You know, and, and you just look just their whole vibe, Matt. I mean, this is a, this is a team that yeah, a month ago they were they were four game they were on the verge of having a five game lead in the division. Right. I know they have injuries and everything, but they don't do anything different either, Matt. They don't make any adjustments. They'll be, you know, first and second with nobody out, and it's just swing away. No try to manufacture. it. They're playing from behind, uh, and their pitching has not. Good. It's not just Degrom. It's really who's who's really pitching well for the Mets right now. Nobody right. so. You know what? The Giants are catching them at the right time. So the Mets get lucky. They go to San Francisco and then they go back and play the, the, the Dodgers and then for the next uh, next series after that,
5: it's going to be a sink or swim for the Mets. And right now, you'd say it's probably going to be sink. Well, let me tell you something.
6: You know that uh, you know those balls that go out there uh, in uh, in San Francisco right in the water. Yeah, you might see Met Life raft. Met Life rafts out there.
5: You ever go to Alcatraz? I love Alcatraz. I
6: did. Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, you know, Not to visit any relatives or anything like no, that. It but, was you know, so, But uh, Yeah, but still, you know, for old time sake. Al Capone?
5: Al- Alcatraz. Uncle Al? That's, that's my tip for this segment. If you get a chance and you're in the Bay Area, go check out Alcatraz. It's pretty cool, tour, uh, Actually, actually. it's pretty cool. It's really cool. Uh, one more Bay Area team to talk about before we break here, the Oakland A's. Uh, tonight, Frankie Montas on the mm-hmm. mound against Dallas Keuchel. And... Uh, A's slight favorites to most books, Vinny, with a total of nine.
6: Yeah, this one, uh, Matt. Uh, they opened a dime. Let me just see. Yeah, they're uh, they're still uh, they're still right there. So uh, actually, up to 14 cents here at the uh, at the South Point. Again, playing a little bit better. Um, this is the first of four this week between these two. So this mm-hmm. uh, and the White Sox, they've lost four or five. The A's have won eight of ten. So maybe that's got a little something to do uh, with the uh, with the betting on it right now. So like I said, up to 14 cents here at the South Point. Uh, total on the game sitting at nine. Uh, that's exactly where it opened. And uh, minus 160 if you want to take the White Sox, plus a run and a half. Plus 140 if you think the A's won Probably going to stay away
5: from this game yeah. uh, myself. I, uh, You know, the White Sox, after they won the uh, dramatic Field of Dreams game on Tim Anderson's walk-off homer, the Yankees beat them in the past two over yep. the weekend mm-hmm. in Chicago. White Sox got a comfortable lead in the division. They're up 10 on the Indians. I think probably coast to the finish line. The A's right now two and a half back of the Astros in the mm-hmm. AL West, and like you said, the A's have won eight of their past ten, and the uh, A's are playing pretty good baseball. But yeah. that wild card race is tight as could be right now in the American League.
6: Yeah, makes uh, makes for good betting uh, when when there's more team more teams, especially in a wild card race, right? because the divisions are outside of the. Uh, Uh, NL Easter. Well
5: the A's have been a bet on team for me a lot this season especially when Chris Bassett pitches uh, but he's not pitching tonight so it's probably going to be a stay away game for me. A's and White Sox would be a good one in Chicago. Uh, We'll take a break. We come back. Hour number two. Smoking Dave Koken is going to be with us. Stay tuned.
3: Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast.
4: MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level.